Hi, welcome to Annie's Pink Chair. Wow, today's topic, I don't know if y'all can handle it. So if you want to press pause or if you want to like go to the next episode, you can do that. But I want to give you a little advice. You do not want to miss what we're about to talk about. We're going to talk about the P word. Yeah, I said it. P. P as in porn. Yes. I want to talk to you today about porn with my friend, my friend that I met through one of my good friends, Cricket. It's her husband, Matt Olin. So Matt's here today and he is an amazing man of God that wants to talk about porn. And this is very interesting, Matt, because this is kind of a hard subject to bring up. And a lot of people, especially Christians, they don't want to talk about it. Of course not. Most people are ashamed, right? I mean, most people are like, oh my gosh, well, um, you said to me earlier, what did you say about what men say in your circle of friends in your church? Uh, well, and it's not, not even, it's, it's crazy because it's not just the church, it's, it's outside and it's the same, the same line, it's the same excuse is, well, wh- who am I hurting? It's not so bad. Or all guys do it. What's, what's the big deal? Right. Well, you know, what, who am I hurting? I'm the, these, these people get paid. They, they want to do it. You know, the, the excuses. They are, enjoy it. They enjoy it. This is great. I'm helping their college tuition. Like just insane, right. just insane right. uh, reasoning. But it's crazy because you'll hear the same things from people in the church and outside. So Christians and non-Christians have the same uh, explanation and they share the same shame. Those in the church are just ashamed about it if they're not promoting it, if they're not saying, well, what's the big deal? And they're just not talking about it and they're ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. And non-Christians are, are the same way. If they're not saying, well, what's the big deal? I do it all the time. If they're not saying that, they're completely ashamed of it. And they're, they're fighting the isolation and it's just burying them. Right. So, and so I want to open that up because that even though we didn't hear your personal story yet, just just for a couple minutes, can we talk about that shame? Where is that coming from? It, it comes from a, a misunderstanding. It's, it's believing the lie that God is disappointed in me. God hates me. Um, God is, is loving and he is all, all powerful and he's there. But somehow I've just gone outside of his realm of love and grace. I've, I've exceeded. I've had too many chances and I've upset him too many times. And now I, I can't even turn back to him. I, I, I'm, I'm sure if I, if I ask him for one more thing, if I turn to him, if I say I'm sorry one more time, he's just going to say, I'm so sick of it. And it's, it's that lie that we believe that God is somehow upset with us and disappointed. Right. And he's not. Right. He loves us. He can't be disappointed. Disappointment would mean expectations. Ex- expectations would mean he doesn't know what happens. And right. he already knows what happens. Yeah, and he knows what we're going to do. Perfection. Like, how can yeah. we be perfect? And we can't without (laughs) him, without him, we cannot. So, yeah. So how did it start with you? Porn? Yes. Oh, um, and this was an interesting thing that we found when I, when I talked about it at church and we did a little, uh, uh, and you teach men about this now. I I do. I, I I try to talk openly. I know there are, I've talked with several people within our, our church that, that deal with the same thing or similar. And I know there are several more that, or just haven't said anything on the edge on the edge. So, um, but I did this thing with men and women. Um, and I, I asked everyone, could you all, you know, those of you who have seen porn and we're just going to, we're going to see who's lying here. (laughs) Who's seen porn, raise their hand. Everyone raised their hand, which I was, I was glad for. And I said, so we're going to go around. If you feel uncomfortable, don't say anything, but we're going to go around. I'm going to ask, 
how early was it that you saw your first porn that you can remember? And most everyone, myself included, it was about around like five to seven years of wow. age. I mean like a movie or was, was it, it like- It was an image, it was a yeah, magazine. Mine was an image in a magazine. It was a magazine. I can, re I can still remember that what same image. What about the first porn like movie? Because I remember how old I was. I was, I was, was a, a 19. That was probably about about my yeah. It was it was later teen years, mm -hmm. high school. Yeah, so that's that's when I actually and that was like saw a video. Yeah, yeah. It was like what is what is this? That's... Pulls you in like what? Oh yeah. And I remember that for myself because I felt ashamed. My actual trafficker made me watch uh, porn with him, and it was an abusive situation where the 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 man in the in the porn was abusing two women and torturing them and hitting them. And he was making me watch it. And I was, I was shocked. So you started looking at images when you were four or five years old. And so then it escalated into what age? Um, I mean, from, from my early elementary school, it was weird because uh, growing up, we had like this back alley behind our, our house. It was, we grew up in the high desert and there was always like every week there was like this magical space between two houses and almost every week there would be a different dirty magazine just kind of tossed in the bushes what? like some sort of special secret santa delivering a special gift now when i think about it like i don't want to know where that magazine had been i don't know which neighbor because it was between two houses wow. so you can be like ah oh, it was that guy but um so my friends and I, we would go, like, we typically wouldn't tell each other, but we would go and we'd see it and we'd put it back in the bushes. And, yeah, and you'd never take it with you. Oh, God, no, no. That's evidence. Oh. I don't want to be caught with any evidence. So, so that was all of elementary school and other kids bringing dirty magazines mm -hmm. from their older brother or parent even. Right, right. Um, and so, and then it wasn't until uh, high school and got into the, the internet and got my own computer and everything where... It, it was like opening the floodgates. Right, it is. Those the magazines meant nothing. It yeah, is. yeah. It's like, you, and you have no one accounting accountability to watch over you to say that's wrong, Matt. You shouldn't mm. be doing that, Matt. And then now it's just like your full intention and your full desire gets met with the computer and opening up that floodgate, and then Instantly. that leads to what? It leads to isolation. It leads to uh, a misunderstanding about relationships. And uh, women and men. Women mm -hmm. my, meant myself, mm -hmm. uh, my relationship again with God. Because even though, you know, I grew up in a, in a Catholic household, I, I knew God, knew about my relationship with God, knew what I was supposed to do, knew what was right, what was wrong. I knew if my mom ever caught me with this, you know, I'd <laughs> be in big trouble. So I knew that I shouldn't be doing this. But at the same time, it, it, it satisfied. Of course, it didn't satisfy, but it felt like it satisfied um, a big hole that I had inside. And, and it just kept feeding it, feeding it. And it was so available. It was so ready, and, and like you said, there's no accountability. It's not like back in the day, mm -hmm. you'd have to walk into the video store, go through the big red doors, and not look people in the eye and everything. Oh, I remember those days. <laughs> right? Sorry, we, I we don't have. I, I... <laughs> we don't have those days yes, anymore. Yes, um, Kids have it so easy these days um, right. with porn. Okay, uh, <laughs> I want you to hold that thought. Did you hear what Matt just said? Kids have it so easy these days with porn. Because why? Because of this. Your little five-year-old playing with your phone can look up porn on the phone if he knows how to spell sex. You guys, when we come back, we're going to get deeper into Matt's story. But then we're going to bring on his wife. Now, how does that work together when you're addicted to porn and you're married? 
Stay tuned. I wrote a book called Fallen Out of the Sex Industry and Into the Arms of the Savior and I actually have it in Spanish as well. This is a eye-opening life story of how someone like me can be transformed from not knowing Jesus into completely surrendering and him radically changing my life from the inside out. We also have it in a CD form. My husband actually produced this and I am the one speaking the entire book out on audio. So if you're interested in this, you can go to hookersforjesus.net or you can just simply go to Amazon and put in Annie Lobert and my book will pop up. If you get this book, trust me, it will be life-changing. Thank you. Welcome back to Annie's Pink Chair, where we bring real, raw, relevant issues to the table and solutions. Guess what? Today's porn day. We are here to talk about porn. And I warned you earlier, this is going to be raw. Matt is here in the studio, and he is married to my dear colleague and friend, Cricket Olin. This is her husband, and he's sharing his story about porn addiction. So, Matt, we were talking earlier about the age of your computer and when you got addicted to the video part of porn. How mm -hmm. old were you? Uh, around 18. And so you were single? 17, 18. I guess. Okay, single so guy. when you and Cricket got married, how old were you? 21 mm -hmm. when got married. So for three years, you thought, what were you telling me about the three years before you got married to Cricket? Just that, well, I don't, I don't have a girlfriend. I, I didn't have a girlfriend at the time. You know, girlfriends sporadically, but nothing, nothing solid, nothing super committed. Um, so I'm a single guy. I'm young. You know, I can watch this. Certainly, I'm not going to tell my mom about it, but... I'm not hurting anyone, right? These aren't even real people. It's it's okay. It's filling a need. Like um, you know, it's this is okay. When I get married, when I find a serious girlfriend, when I get married, I'll stop. Mm -hmm. That was what I believed. Right. That's what I told. That's what I intended. Well, no, I'll scratch it. That's what I told myself I intended. I honestly didn't even intend that. It sounds like my drug addiction. <laughs> like I'm gonna just take one more pill and that'll be done. Mm -hmm. So you were dating cricket when? Uh, we started dating shortly after 9-11, mm -hmm. which is a weird And she had no idea <laughs> that you had a porn addiction at all? No. It was just a secret little... No, I mean, I'm not... I, on our first date, I didn't even wear my glasses because I was afraid she was going to judge me for wearing glasses. So I went Aww. on our first date without wearing glasses. So I'm sure not going to tell her about the porn addiction. Could you see your menu when you ate? Like, I mean. No. I, I drove. <laughs> I drove us at night and I couldn't see. So that was dangerous. That's really crazy. So you ended up getting married, still addicted to porn. She had no idea. And what was your, like, stopping point? Like, did you, what did you tell yourself in your head? To, to finally get to the point yes. to stop? No, uh, I mean, when you got married, like you said, I'm going to get married and then I'll stop. But that changed. That, that changed because you get married and 
you know what? It's just, it's not like it is in porn. Of course uh, not. In porn, the guy wants sex. He gets sex right then and there. Um, that you mean you didn't get sex when you wanted? No, not every time. No. no. And you have to have a conversation. You have, like, to, have you have to have a relationship. You have to have a relationship. Oh. I didn't know. I didn't Tell her she's that. beautiful and pretty and I love yeah. you. <laughs> so, and and I had several coworkers at the time that were, were into porn. And so they'd all be joking about it, laughing about sharing it. Hey, check this out. You know, here's the, you know, check the, this DVD or I got this. And, and it just kind of snowballed. How did um, you hide that from her? Not well. I'm, I, well, well, until I didn't. It was, uh, just kind of got the DVDs at the time um, and just hid them, hid them in my office. Talk about that day that Cricket came home. Uh, when, when she, actually she was home and I came home and the, the bag that I had all my DVDs in, and this is just DVDs, this doesn't include anything that was on the computer. Um, when I came in, that was sitting out, the rest of the office. Oh There's, and so walking in, and she, she totally played it cool, and, uh, and I wasn't, I, I, I knew what was coming. And she said, I need to talk to you about something. And you know, just your spirit sinks. Um, and and she, she said, I, you know, I found these, you wanna explain this to me? And, and so uh, barely kind of copped to it. Um, wow tried to deny it more, even though the evidence is right there. Did you feel ashamed inside? Oh, gosh, yes. It's Like you knew you, were, you might have hurt her. Oh, I destroyed her. I was sure, yeah. I, I, sh I, was sure I lost her. Mm. Um, and there was this just immense shame. And, and that's moving forward, after we were able to move forward from that, which was very difficult. Um, we went to went to counseling. We we talked to some people. I think more than anything, she just wanted to make sure that, as far as uh, you know, as far as religiously speaking, she had every ground to, to leave me. Um, it says it says in the word if, you, if you're committing yeah. adultery, so, you have grounds for the. So words. it was it was kind of going through that. So we we worked on that, um, but we did come to a place, and and I was ashamed, and I and I fully intended I don't ever I don't ever want to see that look on her face again. Um, so I'm going, I, I mean it, like I'm, I'm stopping, this is done. And for a year and a half, maybe two years at most, I don't even think it was two years, it was great. Marriage was great, I was committed, I was devoted, uh, great father, worked hard, I was happy, I was at peace. Um, and then I came to work in Las Vegas and talking about the, you know, the, you mentioned before the commercial, you know, these kids, they have it. It's so accessible. Um, right. Even when you're not looking for it, even mm -hmm. if you can't sell, spell right. sex. Even if you're not, porn, right. Even if you're not looking for it. It pops up. It pops <laughs> up. Um, and Pop that's, up porn. <laughs> that's, that's what happened. Uh, I was just looking for something completely unrelated and porn popped up. And it, all of that willpower, all of that fear of losing her that I had built up and everything, that just crumbled. And it was, it was seriously like the floodgates just opened. And then for 10 more years, I hid. Oh my gosh. 10, yeah. Whoa. I, have no, I didn't have any idea a decade. Oh, she didn't either. So, <laughs> but now there's no more DVDs, they're gone. But the DVDs don't have to be in your house because you can access porn sites, which I know about those too. Dangerous. And so what happened then? Because 
I know this is the part where Cricket, because I asked her about your relationship and we were talking one day, we were out of town and I was baffled. I was like, wow, how did this happen? Like, because I don't know what it's like to be in a married relationship, because I'm married now, with someone that is completely, was completely addicted to porn. So when we come back, I want to talk about that and I want to hear Cricket's side of the story, if we could do that, Cricket. Yeah. Because I think it's really important to take both of your story and to just reconcile it together of how both of you were feeling, how your sex life was, how you forgave, you know, you forgave him. And then whatever she wasn't providing for you, you forgave her, which is all in our head, by the way. Right. Because we're you need to give this to me. No, that's not how it goes. So we're going to be right back. You guys. What a great, great topic. Right. Porn. Yes, I said it. Porn. We'll be back and we're going to hear the beautiful story of reconciliation and rebuilding of a relationship that was completely restored from porn addiction. Thank you. Friends, you know, when I finally surrendered my life on August 2nd, 2003, honestly, I felt forgotten and I felt like I was unloved when I hit that moment. And I think a lot of girls, a lot of our clients, a lot of ladies, and even men and boys that come out of the sex industry, that come out of sex trafficking, this is exactly how they feel. But let me tell you what it says. It says, when my father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Psalm 27, 10. And then it says in Isaiah 43, 1, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name and you are mine. And those words to me personally are so comforting because I created a program called the destiny house for ladies like me. When I had nowhere to go on August 2nd, 2003, it was devastating, but this is a place where ladies can come and get stabilized, get out of sex trafficking, get away from their traffickers, come and lay their head and just rest. We are in need of your support. And if you are interested in giving money to our program, it's a nonprofit. It will go directly to the ladies care at, you can go to hookersforjesus.net and click donate. Thank you so much. Welcome back to Annie's Pink Chair. And again, you guys, today's topic, porn. I don't know what to say, you guys. What a great, great testimony both of you have. But this is the point we're at. We're at this impasse. You were addicted, Matt, for a decade in your marriage relationship. She busted you the first time with all those DVDs. And then this is the story and the part that I love because this is where everything came to like a total head, kind of like a volcano, right? Yes. So why don't you go ahead and who wants to talk first? I don't know who wants to speak on it first. Mm-hmm. What happens? Yeah. So, so the, that was the interesting thing. So the first time, you know, talking about as a kid watching, uh, watching porn and magazines and all that, I, we didn't, I didn't know it was an addiction. Even being caught the first time, we didn't name it as an addiction. I didn't know that you could be addicted to porn. Um, but it, within that 10 year span and becoming more and more distant from my wife, 
distant in our, not just sex life, but just overall, I was just a shell of a person. Um, I was I was angry. I was miserable. I was just unpleasant to be Did married to. Did you notice to. that, Cricket? Oh, yeah. Something was different in him. Me. She hated me. Aww. <laughs> I hated me. I, I seriously, I hated myself. And in between, you guys both had two beautiful kids. Mm -hmm. So that's tragic to me that you had children, but there was, in between, your relationship was completely rocky. Completely rocky. And that was, those were other points that I told myself, well, once I become a father, I'll stop because I'm a responsible father now. I'll stop looking at porn now. That went for maybe a couple weeks, maybe mm -hmm. a month at best, and I'd stop, and then I'd just keep going back. Eventually, I got to the point where I, I wanted to stop. I truly wanted to stop. I didn't want to keep lying to Cricket, and I hated myself. And I was sure God hated me, too, sure of it. And I just, it, it became an issue where every day going to work, I just wanted to die. Wow. I just didn't want to live anymore. Um, I resented her, I resented myself, I resented my kids, um, and so, so it did get to a boiling point. I wanted, I begged God for healing, mm -hmm. but I didn't want her to know about it. Right. And so God did not heal me without her knowing about it. What ended up happening was she did <laughs> discover me. Go ahead, Cricket. Say it. <laughs> so I, I have actually shared it on an episode of Pink Chair before. I, I found um, a link on his phone. I was using his phone just because it was nearer to me. And I pulled up the internet. And by just chance, that one time, he did leave the last page he was looking at up. And um, as he said, we hadn't named it as an addiction. So I kind of wasn't even that bothered so much. I just... I guess was kind of amused and was kind of, um, you know, like, oh, I'm going to catch him off guard that I know what he did, this little naughty thing. And so I waited till he finished what he was doing, watching a film, and I kind of shook it at him. And, and the response was so, um, so complete. Just mm -hmm. his every negative emotion played across his face and, and just pure desperation is where it stopped. Um, and it was shocking. I was shocked. I didn't, I experienced devastation later on. Um, and leading up to that, like he said, our, our relationship de deteriorated slowly over time. At that point, uh, we were kind of roommates um, with a, you know, Ugh, a little that's awful. humor between us, but mm. we were certainly not, not partners. Intimate. We were not friends anymore. Yeah. And uh, so it was kind of a gate opening to let me out of something that I had long been wanting to escape, I think. And then both of you decided to do what? To surrender? No, <laughs> actually. Um, I went outside in full shame and I begged God to kill me. Mm. I was sure I lost her. Um, I mm. didn't want to live anymore. I felt like I, I got, I, seriously, I, I just don't know how to do this life anymore. I so. love that you said that just now, because I just prompted me by the Holy Spirit. Yes, he wanted to kill the old Matt. Mm -hmm. And when you allow him to do that, he'll do that if we ask him. That piece of us that we don't want to be part of anymore, mm -hmm. of who we are. Not the part that God created, but the part that the enemy told us we were, Right. Yes. So he did that. Yes. Yeah. It was it was one of those times, you know, when you when you hear 
almost audibly mm -hmm. from God. I was outside on our curb. It was midnight, something like it was late at night. And I'm just wallowing in my shame, just wanting to just drain into the gutter and disappear. Um, pitiful or pathetic was a, was a word that she used. And it, that's one of the most accurate, it was pathetic. Mm. Um, and I'm sitting there just, God, kill me. And it felt like a hand grabbed my spine, straightened me out, and I could hear, that's not what I had planned for you. Wow. And it was this, get up and go change. And so the next day, instead of just typing in porn, I typed in porn addiction, <laughs> and then oh, all these other sites come up, all of these helpful sites come up. And so got into a 12-step group, got into recovery, and that's what started this process and this opening and this God killing off this old person. Wow, so. because shame led to guilt, and then guilt led to self-hate, anger, Frustration, bitterness. Actually, you know, it probably start because guilt. Guilt says I did wrong. Mm -hmm. So guilt is probably where it started. Shame mm -hmm. said I am wrong. Right. And so I I went from guilt into shame, mm -hmm. and shame said you are a bad person. Right. Not that you did bad. You are bad, and you don't deserve healing. So yeah, the shame just swallowed me up. Wow. And God, like like a, like a just like a like a, a quicksand hole. Yes. And then what did you see in him as he started going to recovery cricket? It took a, it took a lot of time before I was willing to or wanted to see anything. Um, as he was going through recovery, I came to a point where I realized I had to change some things in myself, um, that he couldn't take all of the responsibility, that there was something in me that accepted this person, that accepted that deterioration, that uh, continued in a relationship with someone who I had no longer liked. And so I finally did eventually accept that I needed to surrender to, that I needed healing, that I needed to change. Mm -hmm. and, and I began that process through a COSA program uh, and, and also separately in church, obviously. I, I needed to mend my relationship with Christ. Yes. And I know there's men out there that are devastated right now and they're addicted and they're they're stuck in the church or they're outside of the church and they're alone and they're isolated and they're watching porn on their phone, on their computer, and they don't know what to do. And they've come to this end pass like you did where they just, they just want to die. What would you say to that person? Well, I would say, you know, first off, one of the first lies is I'm all alone in this. I'm the only one. I'm the, I'm a monster. Nobody else is like me. No, that's a lie. Um, one, you're not alone. Many, many people in and out of the church uh, have, the, have this issue. Um, so you're not alone, first off. God isn't angry with you. Um, he desperately wants a conversation with you. He definitely wants a relationship with you. Um, he desperately wants to heal this. He knows where this comes from. He knows the emptiness that needs to be filled. And he, only he is able to fill that. And he wants to so bad. And he will break you if necessary to get you there. Um, so you do need to surrender. You do need to turn him over. You do need to exchange that heart with Jesus Christ. Let that heart then rule your life. And then you can start actually making some traction in this. And if you don't believe it's an issue, if you think this isn't real or it's not hurting anyone, know that 
in those 10, 10 years, like it, what started as a, you know, a five or six year old is just a tiny, it was like this big of an image, uh, just a still image of porn ended up escal escalating to over a decade of just nonstop porn use. Um, and that's what it is. It does escalate. It does hurt people. It leads to, to, uh, illegal stuff. It, it leads into sex trafficking. It becomes a much bigger issue. It becomes an issue for your brain, for your uh, relationships with your significant others, with your creator, um, with your family, and it creates a global issue. It becomes a massive issue. And so in order to solve this, we need to get right with Jesus. We need to allow healing and we need to be able to stop the demand. Well, thank you both so much for coming on today. Thank, thank you, you for having us. Yes, thank you. And we'll see you next time on The Pink Chair.